My name is Nancy. I'm a compulsive overeater. I eat three weighed and measured meals a day from the gray sheet that I have committed to my sponsor. I don't eat in between no matter what, and abstinence is the most important thing in my life. I've just given you the um, what's wrong with me and what we do about it, our solution, where none other ever worked. And I've also actually uh, brushed in step five in the 12 and 12 of AA, the definition of humility, which is a clear recognition of what and who we really are. And I just said it. And a sincere attempt to become what we could be, which is abstinence on the gray sheet. And it is a, a privilege to say that mantra. I want you to know when I came back to the gray sheet after quite a long time, having done it before, uh, it took me three weeks to learn it again. And when I, and, and you know, I guess I'm just starting right in the middle where I landed, which doesn't surprise me. Um, I was so sick, but I just hung on to it day after day. And today is day 648 back to back since January 26th of 2021, the day before which I made a mistake and my sponsor put me on day one. And I want you to know that I will take as many day ones as I need to have to do this the way you do it, safely, correctly, and in a manner I can pass on to people I sponsor. I mean, that's outside stuff is, you know, getting stripes and badges. It makes no difference. I would rather be honest and clean and like the rest of you and the people that came before me, that's more important to me. So, um, I, you know, I have a, I have a uh, descent into food hell timeline, which is always growing because on every meeting, you know, I discover something else I did, uh, you know, that was so much part of the landscape that it wasn't even abnormal, you know. So, <laughs> and the further you get away from the mountain, the better you see it. So that's just fine. But I also have a recovery timeline, which is fascinating. I mean, it really is the negative, the polar opposite of the before. So I, you know, whether I was, uh, you know, born predisposed to this, you know, why is the booby prize? The fact is I earned my way in here by falling apart, oh my God, in every possible physical way. And then, you know, having this, this solution I was saved. So uh, I, uh, I, I just want to say it was November uh, 20th of 2020, two days before I'd seen somebody on a Zoom meeting. Uh, well, I was physically dying, mentally unreachable, spiritually semi-conscious, and a total slave to the foods we don't eat. I mean, they're in a nutshell is what, you know, and I was so fat, I couldn't go upstairs. I couldn't go downstairs. I was afraid the toilet would break off the wall. You know, and, and I was just avoiding health professionals. Like I just couldn't truck myself into somebody looking at my teeth or my, you know, any other part of me. It was just too much. I just preferred to take my chances and maybe die in my sleep if I was lucky. And there I was, you know. And this is really uh, this is this is what happens. And um you know, uh, I probably was okay till I was five or six or seven, but then uh, my overprotective grandmother took me under her wing and, you know, just thought I, I shouldn't get sickly and die, you know, but so she just started to feed me. And since that was the most attention I got, I just went for it. And anytime for the rest of my life that food was offered, I concluded I belonged and I was welcome. 
which didn't seem to be the case in my home of origin because everyone was in such a terrible situation. I see nobody had any extra time for anybody else. And I, I have concluded that there was just no surplus. They didn't get it either. And so, you know, I, um, yeah, I kind of dropped the charges over the years. And, and my job is to stay in the now and see what I can do with it with a clear head that abstinence has given me and the uh, fellowship of people that have learned to live in abstinence are willing to share, you know, what can I say? So, um, uh, I started chunking out. Now, I was born in 1945, uh, October 4th, 1945. And uh, back then, they didn't have clothes for fat children, barely for fat adults. It just didn't pay to be fat. It was after the war, and there was no extra food anyway. But there I was with my overprotective grandmother, who also protected me from other children and people in general. So I have this really emotional side of me where I don't know what to do with you people, you know? And you can fake it up to a point. And the best thing I ever did was eat with other people. I mean, that was fine. And of course, that's one of my, you know, that's one of my connections to, thank you. I've no, not, thanks, babe. Uh, so it's just, it came with the territory. It became the territory. You know, I had, you know how we have the promises? Well, I had the humiliations. Uh, I was a little Girl Scout that had to be taken downtown to get an adult uniform, you know, and the gym suit and those bloomers. And uh, it, I had to be around other people. And then as we got dressed for gym class, you know, I had all, I was, I'm like nine years old with rolls of fat. You know, no other kid looked like me. I started to wonder if there wasn't something wrong. And, uh, you know, but it, it <laughs> So, so other people, I kind of faked it. And uh, I was, it was a fearful atmosphere in our home. It was to me, even though my sponsor said to me, my AA sponsor said to me, you know, some other kid might have navigated your childhood differently. Well, that was maybe some other kid. I did what I could with what I had, and that's just the way it fell. But, you know, in God's economy, nothing is ever wasted. So what I did, I went into my room as soon as I could read and read books. And I read and I read and I read and I got scholarships to school. And even when I came to France, uh, I was hired by a multinational uh, company to fix up the speeches of their engineers. And um, even when they started downsizing, they kept me to the end because I was valuable. And so you never do know what the dark night of the soul is gonna produce. And while I'm on that subject, uh, the horrors that happened to me are my ticket in to be here with you, people who I may never meet in person, but people who I really understand, who really understand me. And you know, uh, it's in the St. Francis thing. It's better to be understood. Uh, it's better to understand the nonsense. I love being understood. I think it's so wonderful for this little misfit to be understood. I'm home. So anyway, uh, this may grasshopper around, but you'll, you'll get me. I know you will. So, um, as I got older, uh, there was another attempt and another failure, you know, as soon as I could diet. When I was uh, in high school, we went to see our little German Jewish doctor, Dr. Stern. My mother said, we're going to take Stern, me Stern measures. I got the scholarship to college. My mother bought me a, um, a normal sized person's wardrobe. I was on some kind of speed. I lost all kinds of weight. I went off to college. The other college students frightened me. So I think three months into that, the vending machines had me up to way over 200 pounds and I hadn't reached my full height yet of five foot nine. And 
I couldn't think and I didn't, I couldn't study. And um, I came home in disgrace. I mean, that was just one of the things, one of the things, of course, anytime. And of course I would console myself and food was so many different things, you know. Um, I, I like to think uh, I had reasons to eat and um, oh, sometimes I need to get centered, to get focused or uh, to pass the time or because I didn't know what else to do with myself or grandma came by with a treat and I don't wanna hurt her feelings and there was a new product or I saw it on TV or my Italian friends invited me for Christmas and then the German friends invited me for New Year's. And of course I ate my way through that like an amoeba. And I didn't know until I really got to the gray sheet that I had no choice. I had lost choice probably in my early childhood that my body that had nothing to do with reason or tricks and ways that people manage that the normal things that might've helped other people would never work for me ever. And it was an illusion to think so. I mean, my name is Nancy and I give up. And what do you people have? And I'll, I'll get right on it. You know, this is, this is my life today. So, um, so of course I went to Weight Watchers and of course I went to all those things. And of course I tried all those things. And of course they were doomed to fail because my body is chemically made differently from other people and my body reacts to foods that other people can eat with impunity. And when I eat them, they want more of their own selves, you know, and I, off I go. And I'm like a spectator, you know, to this dog fight going on. And the consequences are horrendous, of course. Um, I, I couldn't even pretend I was like other people. So, Nona, how am I doing? Where are you, babe? Uh, I just unmuted 27 more seconds in the second set of five minutes. Got it. On we go. Well, I want to tell you that uh, I went the route of many of us. I uh, fell into Overeaters Anonymous. I was invited to go by a neighbor. How uh, That was so offensive. Of course, I was laying in bed reading about a magazine about, I'm, I'm, I'm in Paris, imagine. I'm laying in bed six o'clock in the evening eating a snack pack for a size of family i've got crumbs in the bed crumbs in my hair crumbs in my blouse food spots everywhere. got it and uh and reading about english gardens and where i lived in, in that part of paris it wasn't a green thing it was all cement and you know beautiful buildings and i'm reading gone people gone and i'm I, don't, I forgot how old i was but this would be in the mid 80s it'd be 1983 or something so the neighbor invites me to go to this thing called Overeaters Anonymous. It sounded like pigs in a poke. I thought never in this lifetime. And I forgot to get out of it. And the happy day arrived and I went with her. And oh my God, that was just, and I, I thought I'll never go back. And I did go back and I was there for enough time, a couple of years to learn what the steps were, to learn what service was. You know, it was just dosed out enough. And I lost 40 pounds. And then I realized I was lying to my food sponsor and committing um, the fruit of the vine. And actually I was drinking it. And he said, where are you getting those things in February in France? Cause back then they didn't fly them in from Chile. And I said, oh, I'm drinking them. And he said, you might wanna look into that. And that's how I got into Alcoholics Anonymous of which I have 35 years. That's when I really got into the exposure to heavy. Now remember I'm afraid of people, right? So I bought the books and I read them and I had this handle and I didn't name myself. I'm called Big Book Nancy because I would go into the literature and I sat, you know, I sat down and started plugging it into my life. And I've had sponsors and they weren't my best friends and I wanna 
not sure I'd want to go shopping with them, but they always had the, and my present sponsor on the gray sheets, just like that. They have my permission to step in, intercede and save my life at any time. Correct my thinking, correct my behavior. That's what we're connected on a spiritual level. And uh, I've always had people like that, you know, even though I'm afraid of them, it doesn't matter. So, <laughs> so you know, uh, let's see, now I'm, I know I'm in two programs. I'm newly sober and I go to a OA retreat and I see this man uh at this this retreat and he's weighing a cabbage and i thought oh my god by the grace of god there well, i wonder what he's i'm going over and look at that ridiculous thing he was on the gray sheet and he had his sponsee with him who had three months and she was the first one in england and i became the first one in france and that became 10 years of pioneer gray sheet in europe and that man dan duffy from cambridge who has since died is the grandfather of the gray sheet in europe and, um, and he made his contribution before he left and before he died. Now, many years went by because I was so emotionally immature that all these people I was sponsoring in Paris, they got rebellious and started changing the gray sheet. And I didn't know what to do with them. And they got so nasty and they wouldn't do service. And I'm all by myself having to sponsor everybody. I walked away. My sponsor died and I walked away. And didn't think about it for 30 years. And then on the 18th of November, I must be running out of time, Nona, but I'll just, uh, I'll just say, actually, I got to come back and I've hung on to it for dear life. And I can just say the constant commentary in my mind is gone. I have no pain everywhere, anywhere in my body. Uh, I, I have lost 85 pounds and I can move around like a free person and not in disgrace. I will see any doctor, any dentist because I respect myself. I have integrity. I have consistency. I have the right to be here. My contribution is just as valuable as anybody's. I can hold my head up. I could just cry when I'm saying this to you. Um, and um, what I, my part is I weigh and measure the most important thing I have in my life is my food. And I can just tell you, and you know this, I'm closer to the trenches than you would people over many years. It might look good, but that food never kept its promise. So don't even think about it. So meanwhile, here I am, I have a sponsor. I call my sponsor on time. I commit food only on the gray sheet. I weigh and measure it. I've got a battery here. here here's just some little thing in my kitchen, spoons and sharp knives. I am totally equipped. I'm equipped for the next war. And, um, I treasure, I cherish my abstinence. It's like Snow White and the Seven Dwarves. I've got seven bodyguards at least. I've got scales. I've got a fellowship. I've got meetings. I've got my gray sheet. You know, I've got my commitment. Uh, I have two prayers to give you that really work for me. One is, dear God, give me the willingness and show me the way. And the other one is, it's very powerful. It's God, please take care of this. And I mean, it's total surrender. And I can't tell you, I have chills as I say it to you. Um, I, in the beginning, I must be out of time, but in the beginning, when I first came back at 90 days, I had to call three people to come and be on the meeting with me so I wouldn't lose my mind and have a heart attack. Uh, I didn't tell anybody it was coming today because it's like a kaleidoscope. The people that are here are here. It's not a show, it's God's will. And I got some new people I haven't met yet. And some dear, ah, there we go. Thank you, my dear, that's wonderful service. And, uh, you know, that's enough for me. Everybody else has plenty of things to contribute. Thank you for asking me to share. Now, you know me better, even if I can on a one-to-one -one be comfortable enough to express myself. You know me all you need to know me, no matter what, my family. 